Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. It's been a long weekend, but the 2023 NFL Draft is officially over with. We are here to break it all down for you. I am your host, Jackson McCurry, joined as always by my co-host, Anthony Jokey. Anthony, how you doing over there, man? Doing good. You know, it was a long weekend with the draft. Uh, you know, towards the end of it, just kind of maybe fell asleep. <laughs> this is like probably the rest of us because we were tired from the previous two days, but um, it was good. It was a good weekend. Things are good. Uh, excited about what the Browns did, and I know we'll go over all that here, but uh, it's a good weekend, I think, for not only me, but uh, the team we cover here. Yeah, definitely. And first, before we get started, thanks to everybody who uh, tuned in to our draft uh, Twitter spaces uh, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday afternoon it's much appreciated for the people that came in and discussed the draft with us but shout out to everybody in the browns community for all the hard work they did um i know in between 142 and 190 yesterday i went for a walk uh just because i needed to get out of the house for a little bit and i i tuned into the obrs uh live draft show jack duffin jake burns brad ward guys that have been on the show before as well as the rest of the obr crew uh, great coverage they provided all weekend, but everybody in the Browns uh, content creation community, I thought they did a, a outstanding job covering covering what is not the typical Browns draft. Obviously, we didn't have a pick till pick seventy four, but the analysis and the covering was coverage was top notch. Yeah, it was. You know, even we got to hear from uh, Deshaun Watson on uh, uh, Chops's uh, Twitter space. So I mean. It was it was uh, pretty good all around, I think, for everybody uh, this draft weekend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the OBR was definitely entertaining because, uh, and Anthony, I don't know if you listened at all yesterday. So, Jake Burns, Brad Ward, Barry McBride, and Fred Griefham were all together in what was dubbed the OBR War Room, and I think Jake and Brad were so tired, and it was like slap happy hour between those two. It was definitely some uh, comedic times to say the least. No, I, I didn't get to see it. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's on, on YouTube, though. It's so on I'll, YouTube, so definitely go back, go back and listen. And take a look. <laughs> it was outstanding. I was cracking up, walking uh, in my neighborhood, listening to those two just just banter while Jack Duffin and others were talking about the draft, and it was like they were. It was like hot mic moments, but it was hilarious to say the least. Well, hopefully, people didn't get tired of me and me and Alex uh, bantering back and forth, uh, and hopefully, also didn't mind our our wrestling. Uh, draft <laughs> coverage as well on Friday night. Yeah, that that was good too because I was just like, "All right, guys, we need to focus." And then you're like, "Cody Rhodes went to Raw," and it was <laughs> Alex was getting all excited. It was it was funny though. It was good stuff though, to say the least. But hey, hey we gotta be we gotta be entertained a little bit because it's it, we waited around a while to get to to seventy eight. Uh, so, um, you know, we had to keep ourselves entertained a little bit. Yeah, that is true. It was it was all good to say the least, but. Uh, let's go ahead and break down this draft class. Uh, it was definitely an interesting one. The entire draft was very interesting. Um, a lot of, a lot of picks that we thought were reaches, not so much the Browns, but just around the the whole board. Uh, it was definitely interesting as I, as I usually say, um, this draft was, but talking about the Browns, the Browns getting closer to pick 74 on Friday night, Anthony, uh, you know, Marvin Mims goes off the board, 63, to the Denver Broncos. And then, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the pick and the New York giants jumped ahead of us at pick 73, take Jalen Hyatt. And many think 
maybe that was the preferred target for the Cleveland Browns, but the Browns did go with a Tennessee receiver at pick 74, but they take Cedric Tillman, the 6'3", 213-pound wide receiver from Tennessee, uh, a little bit older than the Browns would usually go uh, in Barry's draft history. He's 23 now. He'll be about 23, almost 23 and a half by the time the season starts, but a very big physical receiver, uh, Put up some incredible numbers in 2021, almost 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. Last year, he was hampered with an ankle injury, uh, limited to 417 yards with three touchdowns. Uh, but big physical receiver, can play can play the X, uh, is a guy that can track the ball really well down the field, um, has made big-time plays for Tennessee. Uh, Dane Brugler had him as the eighth wide receiver on the board, 57th overall. Um, he said, despite being limited to a linear route tree, he's a big target, uh, and has starting traits and should develop into a solid number two or number three. Uh, I was surprised by the pick cause I thought they might go with another short, solid route runner with some speed, maybe a Tyler Scott, maybe they go Josh Downs who went right after this pick, but I like Tillman. I like his potential and his upside. And I think ultimately he'll replace Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, in this offense, but Anthony, what did you think about the pick? Yeah, it was a, you know, interesting selection and, you know, um, you know, talking about uh, his age or whatnot, you know, little older is okay. You know, if we're, we're certainly in win now mode. Uh, so I think if you get outside that, um, you know, what the analytics say is, is best for you, um, you know, that's okay. You know, he seems to be a, a big game wide receiver. You talk about his 21, 2021 season, um, you know, the bowl game, Purdue went for seven, 150, three touchdowns against that really good Georgia defense, 10 catches, 200 yards and a touchdown uh, against Alabama, seven for 152 and a touchdown. Um you know, he had touchdowns that season of 70 yards, 61 yards, 53 yards. So, you know, he's, he's a, a big game receiver. And I, I think he's going to uh, show a lot more speed than uh, what people might think. He's six foot three, still ran a four, five, one, uh, which is pretty darn good when you're moving at that speed, uh, being that size. So, um, I'm excited for the pick, and, and I think you're right with the Peoples Jones uh, point about how he's probably the replacement there, unless they decide to, you know, give Peoples Jones an extension. You know, keep obviously have Cedric Tillman, and then maybe move on from Amari Cooper next off season. But um, you know, I, I certainly see Tillman as a guy who we'll be on the field quite a bit this year uh, for the Browns. You know, I know, you know, they have a lot of other guys uh, at receiver, uh, Elijah Moore, we mentioned Cooper, Peoples-Jones, uh, David Bell that they drafted last year. Um, so there's, there's a lot of guys at receiver and, you know, they don't have to ask him to contribute a lot, but I think he's going to force their hand a little bit uh, to be out there. A big body guy, I think Deshaun Watson will really like uh, lining up out there, and I, I think this will, this was a good pick for the Browns. I there were a couple guys at that spot, you know, at edge. I, I think that I had my eye on. Uh, I know we, we were talking about double A quite a bit, uh, but uh, you know, 
going receiver is certainly was one of the positions that we talked about being a need for the Browns. So I'm perfectly fine with this pick. And I think uh, Tillman will be able to contribute uh, this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there was people that were mad that the Browns didn't get a, get another guy with some speed, you know, someone that could be a home run hitter. Um, you know, there was some advocating that, you know, Jalen Hyatt was the pick and yes, Jalen Hyatt is very talented, very fast. It just seemed like, a more refined Anthony Schwartz type. And I think the Browns wanted someone that is a route runner. Uh, they got somebody that isn't afraid to get physical and contested catch situations, something that Tillman did very well. But I just think like, they don't think he's fast enough because he runs a four or five and Pete Smith, who, you know, is very uh, involved in, you know, the draft and everything. And it knows the prospects. He said, Josh Gordon ran a four five and he was six, three, 224 pounds. Tillman six, three, two fourteen. And we've seen how fast Josh Gordon was and how he could break away from uh, corners in his prime, you know, that elusive 2013 year. So I just think them to say that Tillman's not fast enough. I think people forget like four or five is still pretty fast. Yes. You know, the speed of these receivers has gotten a lot or cornerbacks have gotten a lot quicker, but receivers can still make big plays and you know Tillman made big plays like you said he was of he made unbelievable games against I think you said Purdue against 10 or uh, Georgia against Alabama I mentioned he tracks the deep ball well 16 receptions of 25 plus yards over the past two seasons at Tennessee so if you want a vertical threat Cedric Tillman can be that guy and I agree with you you don't have to rush him into a situation. We've had guys in the past where we had to rush out on the field. The wide receiver room is as deep as it's been in a long time where Tillman can come in. He could be at best the fourth receiver this year behind Cooper people's Jones and Elijah Moore, but you could see probably towards the end of the season, if his development goes well, where he could be in a spot where he could be the, the, the third receiver maybe even the second receiver if something happens with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I think he's going to, you know, force their, their hand a little bit, you know, uh, and especially, you know, heaven forbid, you know, one of those guys gets injured. I think he'll be able to step in right away and, and, and be good. So, um, you know, a big body like that uh, will make for a, a very good target for, for Deshaun. Um, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. You know, they, they talked about stretching the field uh, vertically uh, this offseason, and I think that Cedric Tillman will be able to do that, and you're going to see, you know, this this offense really start to uh, evolve to uh, showcase and highlight uh, Watson's best talents, and throwing the deep ball uh, will be a part of that, and I, I think Tillman can certainly help. Absolutely. So we, the Browns move along to the end of the third round, pick 98. You know, you mentioned double A, the uh, defensive lineman from Northwestern kept falling. We were hoping that would be the pick here. Uh, the Browns did surprise some people with this pick, but uh, when we talked about defensive tackle being a big need, one of the bigger needs in terms of the D tackle room was finding a run stuffer. And the Browns found that with Siaki Ikea, uh, the defensive tackle from Baylor, uh, his nickname's Apu. Uh, 22 years old, 6'2", 335 pounds, Anthony. He was the 71st ranked prospect on Dane Brugler's board. Uh, was a second or third round grade. Uh, started at LSU, 
played two years there, transferred to Baylor when uh, Dave Aranda got the head coaching job in Baylor, who was, uh, I think, the defensive coordinator at LSU when they recruited uh, Ika to Bay to Baylor or to LSU. Uh, first team All Big Twelve the last two years. Uh, the team captain at Baylor, uh, very disruptive in the middle. Uh, he's a pretty good athlete for a guy his size. Uh, the sh the short shuttle was a 4.99. His 10-yard split's 1.8, so I think he's ex explosive uh, at the snap. Uh, Brugler described him as a nimble, disruptive big man with stout, powerful traits, but all of his impressive parts don't consistently add up to impact plays. He's a toolsy-sized prospect with a high four as an early down NFL nose while also flashing the ability to be more. And, Anthony, when I watched Ika on tape, just reminded me of a, a Danny Shelton. And that was the NFL comparison uh, when the Browns drafted him. And we remember Danny Shelton was a, was a high draft choice for us back in 2015. I think it was, uh, he didn't pan out the way we hoped, but he was a solid run stuffer during his, uh, you know, the prime of his NFL career, obviously. Now. Yeah. I mean, they've certainly done a good job of beefing up the interior of that defensive line first, you know, signing Dalvin, uh, Tomlinson uh, now drafting uh, Ika. You know, there there should be no reason that these teams in the league where the Browns have had trouble the last couple of seasons where these teams can run right down their throat. Uh, it's been a big problem, and there's no doubt that it was a main focus for Andrew Berry and crew this offseason to fix that problem. And, you know, this draft pick, along with uh, some of the other free agent signings, um, certainly should solve that. And I, I'm excited, you know, this uh, – I get excited watching O-line and, and D-line. I know, you know, receivers and running backs are, are the flashy uh, things, but I really like to watch, you know, O-line versus D-line play. So – uh, having a, a, a big guy like this at, at uh, defensive tackle um, is very exciting. And, and you know, I, I think that he'll be able to get into the rotation. And, you know, if he um, if he works hard enough, he can certainly beat out a couple of these guys. Probably not Dalvin, but, you know, you're looking at uh, Jordan Elliott, who's in the last year of his deal. Um, who knows what happens. to make an impact and you know if he plays like what his comp is Danny Shelton that'll be perfectly fine with where he was drafted and I think the Browns would would take that in, in a heartbeat uh, if that's what he turns out to be where he was drafted at yeah definitely I think you know he comes in you know he's immediately the one tech next to Dalvin Tomlinson and Andrew Barry said that these two can play alongside each other uh, on the defensive line. Uh, obviously Dalvin Tomlinson can do both get after the quarterback and stuff the run. So I just think this was another move that needed to be made in the defensive tackle room. I still don't think they're done there. I think the Tristan Hill and uh, Maurice Hurst signings were lottery tickets. Uh, they did bring in Al Woods for a visit. Maybe maybe they'll revisit that here in the next couple of weeks and get him in because I still don't think that defensive room, defensive tackle room is finished. 
Uh, but I like what they've done so far this offseason and upgrading that room. Uh, like you mentioned, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, Perion Winfrey, these guys haven't worked out. They're all in the bubble right now. Uh, I still think they could add another player or two in that room, but uh, how they've overhauled it and the way that Jim Schwartz was elated when they made this pick on Friday night seems to me that he really liked watching this guy when he was going over draft prospects with the scouting department. It seemed like this was a guy that Schwartz would have loved to get in the room, and lo and behold, the Browns did end up getting him. Yeah, not only did they overhaul the position, but they added, were able to add depth to it as well, um, which is huge because, you know, when you go through a game, you need to probably rotate four or five, maybe six guys out there, uh, you know, probably four or five, but uh, to, to keep these guys fresh. And, you know, they have that right now, especially if they sign uh, and out and Woods uh, as well. So, um, you know, it's extremely important. He's going to get playing time. Um, but we, we do know the last couple of years how some of the rookie defensive tackles have struggled. We'll see if he's able to make that adjustment. Uh, if he's able to, though, um, I, I think that Miles Garrett is going to be a very happy person because uh, – Teams are going to need to send two guys to, to block Ika. Um, and that should, will only open up uh, more room for Miles Garrett and, and Ogbo as well uh, as, as your pass rushers. So um, I think it's going to do, you know, pay off big time, not only with the run game, but if it opens up uh, the, the pass rush game for, for Miles, for Ogbo as well. Um, that's really important and and it will be a good thing for sure. So we roll into Saturday and, you know, this is where the Browns really started getting a lot more value out of their draft picks. Um, Not to say that the first two weren't valuable because they were right around the range of where they were ranked. Uh, But at pick 111, the Browns take a guy that slipped and was supposed to be a day two pick projected high second round pick, but he slipped and we'll get to that. But the Browns take offensive tackle out of Ohio State, Daywan Jones, Dane Brugler's 79th ranked overall player, uh, the, his sixth ranked offensive tackle. Anthony, you know, they added beef on the defensive line, but they added it on the offensive line as well. Daywan Jones at the combine measured in at 6'8, 374 pounds, uh, with a wingspan of 87 and 7 eighths inches. Uh, he ran a five, three, five for a guy, his size, which is pretty amazing. His 10 yard split was 1.85, uh, you know, solid right tackle for Ohio state. The last two years, third team, all big 10 in 2021, second team, all American and third team, all big 10 last year. Uh, you know, I, it's great value for the, for the Browns, but there was rumors Friday night, uh, coming out of Ohio state. Uh, some of their, you know, their message boards, uh, some of their writers had said that Jones, the rumor was he uh, is pushing 400 pounds. Uh, he did not weigh in at his pro day. So that was definitely uh, um, eye raising. Uh, and then there's rumors about what happened at the senior bowl. Now, the the reports were that he suffered an injury after he dominated the first day of uh, practice out there in Mobile. Uh, but he just completely shut it down, then didn't work out at his pro day, didn't weigh in at his pro day. Uh, 
the OBR said during their live stream that there was rumors that Bill Callahan did not want him. The scouts did not uh, vouch for him. So, and then there's questions about his desire and, and effort. So I get the value behind the day one Jones pick and it is great value for where uh, he was projected to where he was ultimately selected. But I have serious concerns about this pick just so much on the desire and effort, because we already have questions about the desire and effort of our left tackle Jedrick Wills, which we're sitting two days away from the deadline and the Browns still haven't picked up the fifth year option. And Andrew Barry wouldn't comment on it, but we're taking another offensive tackle with those same concerns. He's strictly a right tackle. I know people are saying that this is Jed Will's replacement, but when I look at Jaywan Jones, I just think he's a right tackle specifically in this league. And I, with the concerns, I would have passed him up to address another position or taken another talent. Yeah. You know, it, it's tough because they, they definitely needed offensive line and um, you know, they have two guys within the next couple of years where I know they just signed Conklin to that, you know, mini extension, but you know, they, they can get out of that deal uh, as well. Uh, but you have to start, you know, looking towards the future, you know, for left tackle and right tackle. And you have to figure out, all right, is uh, Jed Wills going to be our guy? Is he not going to be our guy? You know, is Conklin going to be here long-term? You know, what are we going to do there? So at some point they had to, uh, you know, make a offensive tackle selection. And, you know, for a guy who was supposed to go early second round to get him, you know, in, in the fourth round, yes, that's great value, like you mentioned. Um, so, you know, it, it all depends on, uh, you know, if he's able to, you know, control the weight, if he has the desire to do so. Um but man, this guy is a complete brick wall uh, when he when he's on the football field, and you look at the the game against Georgia uh, in in the the national semifinal this year, played really well against a really good Georgia defense. So I mean, the the, the talent is certainly there, but you know you have to have um, you know the desire to to match the talent. Uh, you could be all the most talented person in the world, but if you don't have the desire, it's not going to mean anything. So um, if he's able to, you know, control the weight and, you know, develop this, he could definitely be a, a starter uh, in, in a couple seasons uh, for the Browns. Uh, that's best case scenario. So um, we'll, we'll see if that's what happens. Uh, you know, as right now, you know, he's not going to be asked to start, but, I think that uh, hopefully he can come in here with a, a good attitude and have that, you know, the, have the weight under control. And we'll see if the, the coaching staff, the training staff, the strength staff, all of them can, you know, work with the one here and, you know, just take, take him to the next level. Because if he does go to the next level uh, in terms of talent, that's going to be a pretty – pretty scary thing to watch in a good way. Yeah, definitely. He'll, he'll be one to watch. Uh, you know, Bill Callahan has been able to get the most out of all his offensive linemen throughout his coaching career. Uh, but you know, he's only gotten so much out of Jed Wills. Let's hope he can get the best out of Daywan Jones because the upsides there and the value where the Browns picked him was, was really good. So we will see how this all shakes out. 
moving along to pick 126. And and Anthony, this has got to be probably my favorite pick of the entire Browns draft as a guy that Jack Duffin brought to my attention about a month before the draft. Uh, and I got to watch him, really liked him, liked his measurables. His athletic score was really solid. The Browns get him at 126. Uh, Missouri edge, Isaiah McGuire. He was the 15th ranked edge on Brugler's uh, beast guide, 94th overall, 6'4", 268 pounds, led Missouri in sacks the last two years, was second team all SEC this past year where he had seven and a half sacks, 13 tackles for a loss, uh, was the team captain, uh, 4.76, 40 time. Te- uh, his 10-yard split was 1.5, 36-inch vertical jump, 10 foot two inch broad jump three cone drill was solid 7.39 uh long wingspan 82 inches so he's going to be able to use those long arms to get around offensive tackles and anthony if anybody hasn't gotten to watch him i and i can give you one game to go watch isaiah mcguire go watch his tape against georgia in 2022 going up against pittsburgh's first round pick broderick jones he did really well against him and I really like him. We've always said since the beginning of this podcast, you can never have enough pass rushers. The Browns added another one to go with Miles Garrett, Okoronkwo, Alex Wright, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, there's a really good depth in that edge room, finally, uh, as long as Wright and Isaiah Thomas continue to develop and McGuire uh, develops the way I hope he does because I really love the upside with this kid. And I think there's good potential for him Alex Wright and Okoronkwo to be a good supporting cast alongside Miles Garrett. Yeah, I saw a couple of highlights of the game that he had against Georgia going up against Roger Jones, and boy, did it get me excited. So I'm going to have to go watch more of that game uh, to, to really see, you know, the, the full body of work for that one. Hey, you know, it's the our motto of the podcast. You know, you can't have enough pass rushers. And, you know, they they signed Agbo. Uh, they drafted uh, Isaiah here. Uh, you mentioned you know a couple of the other guys, and you know much like the uh, defensive tackle position, they were able to you know re revitalize the the edge spot and also now have uh, some depth as well. And you know much like the the D tackles, you're going to be rotating four or five guys you know throughout the game in hopes that a you're you're playing well and b you know if needed to save the best of Miles Garrett for uh when the game is when the game matters in the fourth quarter uh to keep him fresh and if the more NFL cal- caliber uh edge rushers you have definitely better uh especially in terms of of keeping guys rested so um this this is a good you know a, a very intriguing pick and you know i i think that he can definitely contribute this season um you know depending on how you know miles does and, and ogbo does as well you know they might not have a whole lot for him to do but i i think that uh if they're able to um you know, get him some, some reps in the season. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to play at, uh, at a decent level. I'm sure, you know, much like all these guys we talk about, they'll, they'll make rookie mistakes, but I, I think that, uh, Isaiah here, um, can definitely be a good rotational piece, uh, even as a rookie. For sure. And 
you know, the other thing I like about McGuire is the versatility. Missouri played him inside. And I threw this out to Alex Hale earlier, Anthony, when we were recording the top dogs, the NASCAR packages that Philly likes to run. I threw this out to him. Miles Garrett, Alex Wright, Isaiah McGuire, no Caronquo, and a, and a sub package. We're all four of them are lined up on the defensive front. And I just got, I got giddy thinking about it and I'm giddy again, thinking about it because of the possibilities that Jim Schwartz can do with the, uh, all the, the rest, uh, amount of talent now on that defensive line that he can utilize uh, in sub packages. It's uh, pretty interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly exciting. And, and, you know, I, I obviously one of the, the, the key points in hiring Schwartz is what he's able to do with pass rush. And, you know, this team, you know, suffered from a lack of it uh, quite a bit. So uh, if he's able to get in here and, you know, help Miles take that next level, help some of these young guys uh, do a good job. And that's going to be great for this defense. And I, I think that Schwartz does a great job of utilizing the talent that is there, uh, no matter, you know, and people say four, three, three, four, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I think Schwartz does a great job in utilizing the talent that is, uh, at his disposal and, you know, to have a guy like Isaiah, um, as well as, you know, the other edge guys that the Browns have, I, I think that if anyone is going to get the most out of this pick, it's going to be Jim Schwartz. Absolutely, man. Uh, moving along to pick 140. This was another interesting pick, uh, but we knew the Browns were interested in him. Uh, along with other potential developmental quarterbacks. The Browns go Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, UCLA quarterback at pick 140. Uh, Thomas Robinson has an interesting – or Thompson-Robinson, I am apologize, uh, has an interesting story. Backed up Tate Martell, who obviously everybody remembers from the Ohio State days, uh, in high school, only played 48 snaps his first three years – or threw 48 passes his first three years – had a great senior season, was offers from all the top high, all the top schools, chose UCLA. They undergo a coaching change before he gets there, stuck at UCLA with head coach Chip Kelly, said all new passing records at UCLA. Um, it, Chip Kelly called him the toughest kid he's ever been around. Uh, very accurate thrower, brings that dual threat uh, ability uh, with four or five speed. He had 28 rushing touchdowns. Uh, Anthony, this was an interesting pick because the Browns did sign Josh Dobbs uh, to a one-year, $2 million fully guaranteed contract. They also had Kellen Mond, who they picked up uh, and s kept him inactive all 17 games last year. But it looks as though the Browns found their developmental quarterback that they can have as a potential backup after Dobbs leaves after this year. Uh, Alex Hale mentioned that this could be a trade chip uh, similar to what Baltimore could have done with Tyler Huntley. I thought back to the Packers of the 90s when they had Mark Brunell, Aaron Brooks, Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, but Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh, brings a lot to the table. He's an accurate thrower. Uh, I mentioned the dual threat capabilities, but you know we hope we never see him outside of preseason on the Browns football field. But very interesting prospect for the Browns to pick at uh, 140. It was also a controversial one uh, for some as well. The funny thing is, is even though we drafted some Ohio State guys, this is probably the 
player in our draft class that I have seen the most. Um, mainly because I work on Saturdays, I miss a lot of Ohio State games. And when I'm relaxing on Saturday nights, there's always the Pac-12 after dark, and he was always on. And, you know, I'm very excited for this pick because I think DTR uh, is the perfect guy to to back up to Sean Watson. Has a lot of the same uh, attributes, uh, especially the, the dual threat part. Um, you know, he's going to make some decisions that are going to, you're going to like um, say, what the F is that? Uh, he has those mistakes at times, but uh, he also makes some incredible plays. So I, I think DTR is, is a really good uh, quarterback to back up to Sean Watson. And it's going to be exciting to, to watch him in preseason. Um, you know, hopefully we don't ever have to see him, you know, take the field for, for the Browns over the next four years, you know, while he's here as a rookie uh, in the regular season. But, um, you know, I, I think that uh, this is a, a good fit. And, you know, he's going to, to do a good job here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just really excited to have DTR here. Yeah, me too. I, I, his story is a great one. Uh, the fact that he had to wait till his senior year to play high school football and he turned that into a scholarship to UCLA. I thought that was really awesome. Uh, and then just to see what he did at UCLA and, you know, the potential he has, um, especially working behind Deshaun Watson with Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt helping develop. Uh, we've seen what they've done with quarterbacks, veterans like Dobbs and Brissett and uh, Baker for a short time. So uh, it'll be good to see what they do with a with a rookie that they can mold uh, into however they see fit for their offense. So definitely going to be something to watch. Preseason football will be fun getting to watch DTR play. That's for sure. So uh, looking forward to watching him uh, develop over the next several years. Uh, moving along to pick 142, the Browns go corner. And we should have expected this, Anthony, because every year under the Andrew Barry regime, they have added a corner in the draft or as a undrafted free agent. And they go back to Northwestern to draft a corner. It's one of Greg Newsom's best friends, Cameron Mitchell. Uh, very, uh, he's a physical corner for his size, which was really surprising reading up on him and watching him play. Uh, he's not afraid to make the hits despite being about 5'10", 190 pounds. Brugler has him as his 13th ranked corner. And uh, he he has the ability to play inside and outside, just looking at his physical tools. Alex mentioned something about him potentially being a safety, but you look at the numbers, uh, 22 pass breakups over the past three seasons, honorable mention, all big 10, the last two years uh, was Dane Brugler's 85th ranked player on the board, which was uh, and in those terms, great value pick for the Browns getting him at 142, but four, four speed, 35 inch vertical jump, uh, ability to play inside and outside. I look at this as a quarterback depth, but be the long-term replacement for AJ green greens on the last or is on a one-year deal. So maybe the Browns are looking to move forward. And, you know, if Newsome they decide to kick him back outside, I think Cameron Mitchell has the ability to maybe slide in and play that nickel spot. He's a guy that likes to get physical, uh, graded out really well in run defense last year at Northwestern. So, I like the value of this pick as well. And uh, anytime you can, you know, find some old friends and reunite them much like 
DTR is reunited with Cedric Tillman. I think it's a feel good story for, uh, for the draft picks. Yeah. I think the, the trend that we've kind of starting to see here with, with Andrew Berry and his drafts is as right now, he's drafted an offensive lineman in each of his drafts and a, a cornerback in each of his drafts. Um, obviously, two very important positions, two that are, are highly valued in the NFL. And, you know, there's, there's certainly some pretty good competition in, in the Big Ten. And um, Cameron Mitchell, you know, has done a good job uh, playing in a competition. So, you know, if he, if he's anything uh, like uh, Martin Emerson, just in the way that um, Emerson was able to contribute last year as a rookie, you know, Andrew Berry certainly made a great pick and evaluating him. If Berry has done the same thing here with um, uh, Mitchell, it's, it's great. Um, you know, we'll see, you know, how much they ask of him. Uh, you know, there's talk about him you know, maybe being able to be the slot guy uh, for the Browns. Um, you know, I'm sure if that's the case, Greg Newsom would be happy in, in more than one sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's exciting. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, like we talked about with uh, Isaiah and uh, Ika as well, you know, if um, – Jim Schwartz is able to – should be able to do a, a good job with Mitchell and get the most out of him. So uh, it's another, another I think, good pick and somebody that could contribute uh, if, if asked upon. You know, hopefully he isn't asked upon too much. But, uh, you know, if he's able to contribute in special teams, you know, if he needs to be, you know, out there uh, as well, I, I think he'll do, do a decent job. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the best case scenario this year is that Mitchell finds a role on special teams and maybe you sprinkle him in at, at nickel and, and get him comfortable in that role. And then we'll see what happens. I mean, once we get later in the draft, a lot of these guys are going to be uh, contributing on special teams, which uh, they got a great coach. And um, oh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Bubba Ventrone. Uh, I I think they're in good hands in that aspect, as well as on the de the defensive players we've added, uh, being under the guidance of Jim Schwartz and his staff. So got to feel good about these defensive picks and hope they could make some sort of contribution, uh, not so much in 2023, but 2024 and 2025. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, the, the long-term play. You know, the draft is uh, the long-term play for your roster. And, you know, if they get some reps and get some experience this year, that's great. You know, if they don't, if they don't, that means your your starters are doing a, a great job. So, um, you know, if they're able, hopefully they can get some experience, uh, and that'll mean a lot to them over the second and, and third year, uh, you know, in the league. For sure, uh, with the Browns' last pick at pick one ninety, because they ultimately picked uh, traded two twenty nine to the Baltimore Ravens for uh, a twenty twenty four six round pick. Uh, at pick 190, the Browns selected Luke Weipler, center Ohio State. Uh, Anthony, the Browns added two Buckeyes in the draft. When coming into the draft, they had only added four, or they had only drafted four since 99. So uh, I hear it, the statue for Andrew Barry is being constructed in Cleveland as we speak. But uh, Weipler, uh, 
this was a surprise because he was uh, expected to go on day two and and just kept slipping down the board and some are trying to figure out why uh, he's a two-year starter at Ohio state uh, honorable mention all big 10 last year um, you know, six, two, three Oh three, uh, 77 and one eighth wingspan, uh, 10 yard splits, 1.73, uh, very athletic center, uh, tested out really well at the combine. Uh, Dane Brugler had him as a fourth or fifth round pick said that overall Wipler is sawed off and will be force fed his vegetables as he adapts to NFL power but his above average athleticism and handwork help him stay in position. He is ideally suited for his own team. That's what the Cleveland Browns are and projects as an NFL backup with potential to be more. And when I look at Wipler and where we got him, I see right now he's Ethan Posick's backup. Now, if Posick doesn't live up to the contract that he got with the Browns, then maybe 2024 or 2025, once they can get out of the deal, you have your long-term center potentially at a Luke Weibler. You know, that was the hope with Nick Harris, but unfortunately the knee injury happens and now Nick Harris enters his contract year and, you know, maybe he gets moved to a team that needs a, a long-term center, maybe somebody that liked him in the draft process a couple years ago. But, you know, the Browns get Weibler. It's another great value pick. And, you know, you hope with Bill Callahan, you know, getting two young offensive linemen that you have for the next four years under contract, Anthony, you start laying the groundwork uh, for them to potentially replace uh, some of the starters currently on the offensive line because we can't pay all the offensive linemen, even though, and we currently are paying all five starters right now. So the Browns are potentially trying to lay the groundwork for the future of this line with the selections of Daywan Jones and Luke Weipler. And I think I saw uh... – a, a new change this season and I think it's going to benefit the Browns in, in this specific case but if I remember right for final roster cut down they don't have to make the gradual cuts it's all going to be one cut at the end did I see that right um yeah seeing that? yeah it's all at once it goes from 90 to 53 and that last like Labor Day weekend so you know heaven forbid like like there were last season you know there were injuries early on uh, you know, with, with uh, Nick Harris. Um, so, you know, they're going to be able to figure out and, and wait to make these these tough decisions. You know, how many line are we going to carry? You know, what's, what combination of these players are, are we going to carry uh, on the active roster? Um, you know, for where they drafted him, you know, like you mentioned, they got great value. Uh, I've seen a couple of concerns is that he – lacks the length and also the strength to be an NFL center. Um, but, you know, if he's able to redshirt, you know, over these next couple of years while uh, Pochick is uh, under contract, you know, and able to build up that strength and, and work with uh, Callahan to improve upon what, you know, sounds like has great technique already, um, you know, come, you know, year three uh, for him, in the league, you know, he might be ready to step in there and start uh, for the Browns. So that would certainly be, you know, best case scenario uh, for Wipler. And I think that where they, where they got him in the sixth round, uh, you know, as we get, as you get later and later in the draft, the, the chances that these picks work out uh, decrease and decrease even more. So getting him in the sixth round, if he's able to be your future center, you hit a home run. 
uh, with, with the pick. So um, it, it, this one's definitely a, a wait and see game. But um, I know, you know, there's a lot of Browns fans that are Buckeyes fans that are really excited uh, that, you know, Barry drafted two Buckeyes uh, this year. Um, we'll, we'll see if that statue gets filled or not. But, you know, maybe next year if they can somehow trade and draft Marvin Harrison, uh, I, I think that statue would be up about two hours. Uh, but, you know, to be able to get a guy in the sixth round who you definitely don't have to ask to contribute this year uh, and sit back and learn and work on some of the, the different aspects of his game. Um, and someone who, you know, had a great RAS score, BFF was really high on. Um, you know, if he's able to force your hand, that's great. But I, I think that uh, Wipler, you know, down the road, will we'll probably start at, at some point uh, for the Browns. And, you know, that that's just a, a great value and great selection here in the sixth round. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's good because with the rookie mini camp coming up, Bill Callahan's going to be able to do one-on-one work with Daywan Jones and then one-on-one work with Luke Wipler. That's going to be great teaching experiences. And also with those two, they're joining a room that has Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, Ethan Posick, guys that have been in the league for uh, quite some time. They're great veterans on and off the field. Those are great teachers for them to help them teach, uh, you know, the fundamentals, uh, the ins and outs of being an offensive lineman in this scheme. Uh, So, you know, Bill Callahan's got good assistance in that room to help uh, guide these young rookies. And if they really need to, they can call on uh, Joe Thomas and maybe even JC Treader could get a call and help these guys out as well. Uh, it's good when we, the Browns have had really strong offensive linemen over the last couple of decades that could be good mentors for these young offensive linemen coming into the league. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the better position groups uh, to get drafted into in the NFL. You know, the, the Browns offensive line along with Bill Callahan has been you know, really strong over the years, uh, even even more so the last few years with Callahan. And if, if you get drafted by the Browns in your offensive lineman, I, I think you have to be pretty excited with uh, the, the talent that the Browns have been able to uh, have at, at that position. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony, let's quickly break down these UDFA signings uh, that the Browns have reportedly agreed to. No signings have been made official, but you mentioned – the Browns drafted two book guys. They also signed two book guys after the draft. Uh, Ronnie Hickman, I think, is the biggest name of this UDFA class because he was a projected six-round pick. Uh, he fell off the board. He obviously fell out when undrafted. The Browns swooped him up. They also picked up uh, Ohio State defensive back Tanner McAllister, uh, who transferred from Oklahoma State to the Buckeyes last year. Uh, made three interceptions in 11 games, ran a 4-4, so he's got some speed. Uh, the Browns could potentially need a backup free safety, so if McAllister performs well in rookie minicamp, he might have a uh, the slight edge to back up Juan Thornhill. Uh, Ronnie Hickman's a, more of a box safety, so he could be you know, a special teams guy and maybe a replacement for Grant Delpit if all thing if his development goes well, but uh, they added some interesting names. Was there any other names on the UDFA list that uh, you're intrigued by? Yeah, I think there's two guys based on you know the reported 
uh, contracts that they gave him, the guaranteed money. You know, they gave Hassan Hall from Georgia Tech $125,000 guaranteed, supposedly, reportedly. Uh, <laughs> they also gave, uh, I am terrible with names, so I apologize in advance. So I'll, you uh, want me to say it for you? Mohamud Diabate. I think that's I think that's right. That would be a shock if it is right. <laughs> uh, an edge guy out of Utah, they gave him uh, 250000 guaranteed. So, obviously, the Browns are very high on these two guys. Um, and we thought that they might draft the running back. Uh, they got one here as a, as a UDFA. Um, you know, there seems to be no interest at all in, in Hunt coming back. So, you know, right now you have Chubb, you have – uh, John Kelly, you have uh, Jerome Ford uh, as your running backs, and they needed to, to add another one. So, you know, getting one here as a UDFA, you know, I, I think that uh, in, in a very deep class, I, I might add, uh, of running backs. And um, we, were to- we were talking before the, pod- before the podcast about – um, you know, how he was really good at, at kick returns was seventh all time, you said, in uh, ACC uh, yep. at kick return yards. So that's it, it's pretty tough, especially with the kickoff rules in college. Uh, not only, you know, you're able to fair catch and the ball gets put on the 25-yard line. So the, you don't always get to return the ball, but to be able to get that kind of yard is, is pretty good. So um maybe he can contribute to special teams there and you know we talked a lot and quite a bit about uh what we think of pass rushers so uh obviously they're really high on uh diabate uh giving him a quarter of a million dollars uh guaranteed as a signing bonus uh to to come to the browns so we knew that they needed to add to added more to the edge slash linebacker room. Um, and hopefully, you know, Diabate is able to um, be able to contribute and, and do a decent job. So um, those, those are probably the two guys that, uh, you know, caught my eye based on the guarantee and what the Browns think of them. Yeah, definitely. Diabate, I just look at him as more of a linebacker because he's listed at 229 pounds. I don't see an edge lining up. Uh, at that size uh, that's even smaller than Barkevius Mingo when he got drafted so I think Diabate adds more competition to that linebacker room um, I'm intrigued by Lonnie Phelps who is a little more he's undersized he's like 239 uh, he was the edge out of Kansas formerly of Miami of Ohio uh, he had 11 and a half tackles for a loss seven sacks and his Raz score was 8.45 uh, he's 62 he's actually 244 but he's got small arms, so or his arm length is shorter than than you would uh, want in an edge. So he's an intriguing prospect as well, as well as Jeremiah Martin out of Washington. So the Browns kept adding edges, which Andrew Barry hinted at in his pre-draft press conference that they were going to add more to that room. Um, so, yeah, it's an intriguing class overall, including the um, UDFAs. They also added a a big tight end out of uh, Albany who had nine receiving touchdowns last year and he's six, five. So uh, we, we talked about the future of Harrison Bryant before the draft. Uh, if Thomas Greeny uh, pans out well in rookie mini camp and they bring him back for uh training camp, that could be the guy that bumps Harrison Bryant out of the tight end room. So 
yeah, a lot of intriguing names here uh, that the Browns have to, added after the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm sure we'll get the official list uh, at some point uh, of who they decided to bring in probably very shortly with uh, rookie minicamp around the corner. So um, I want to say that's within two weeks that that's going to happen. So uh, we'll get the official list soon enough and uh, see who else they decide to add. And, you know, it's hopefully these guys, uh, maybe one of these guys will pan out, uh, you know, hopefully more than one, but if one UDFA is able to contribute, that's, that's pretty good. For sure. Uh, we had a couple guys last year and usually there's always at least one on an NFL team that uh, slips through the cracks and makes an impact as a UDFA or makes the roster at least. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The roster with the UDFA reported signings, uh, it's at 89, which means we only got one spot, but I expect some roster movement in the next couple of weeks. We have 15 wide receivers uh, on the roster, so I'd expect some uh, guys moving out of that room, and uh, I would love to see them add another maybe veteran safety to the room, uh, a veteran back. Jarek McKinnon hopefully is like the first one they call because I still can't believe he's available, especially after the year he had in Kansas city and then a, a veteran defensive tackle. Like I like what they've added, but I would just like to get another solid veteran in that room just to be safe, just because we know injuries and misfortunes can happen all the time. So yeah, there's a couple more things I'd like to see this team do before training camp starts in July. And uh, I'm confident Andrew Barry and company will, uh, keep looking for options to help uh, upgrade this roster. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's certainly not afraid to add to the roster, subtract from the roster, do whatever he needs to do. Um, and we, we've constantly seen that uh, over the last few years. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, like I said, rookie mini camps around the corner. So football times are coming. For sure, man. Is there anything else you want to discuss before we get on out of here? I don't think so. I think that that uh, should do it. All righty. Well, thank you all for uh, tuning into this episode of the podcast. We thank you for uh, listening to our draft coverage all weekend. We truly appreciate it. In the meantime, you guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. Follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry 8 Follow the Dogland at the Dogland, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast it, wherever you guys listen to your podcast. Uh, we true truly appreciate the uh, the listener listenership we've had over the last few months. Uh, we're grateful for you all. We we will continue to pump out great content for you guys. In the meantime, as always, and as we get on out of here, go Browns. <laughs>